Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 639 for the 21st of April, 2019. This week, lookup tables, or LUTs, are an important new feature for Alien Skin's Exposure X4.5. LUTs are used in the creation of motion pictures, but they can also be used to great advantage by still photographers. In short circuits, now is the time to get rid of Internet Explorer. The first step involves installing a more modern browser and making it your default, then you can remove IE entirely. The latest version of the Android operating system, Pi, has been pushed out to nearly all models of most manufacturers' phones, and there are lots of worthwhile features. The U.S. House has passed a bill to restore internet neutrality, but it is being blocked in the Senate. For the second time in a month, Facebook suffered a worldwide outage. This week's was a lot shorter, but Facebook managers refuse to say what happened. In spare parts, only on the website, artificial intelligence is being used to hire healthcare professionals. Some physicians' offices are being equipped with software that monitors patients in what the developers are calling a holistic manner. And Sirius XM and Pandora are adding podcasts to their existing mix of entertainment programs. LUT. That's L-U-T. It's an acronym for lookup table, and adding the ability to use LUTs is a big advantage for Exposure X4. The Alien Skin application can operate in standalone mode or as a plug-in for Adobe Lightroom Classic or Photoshop. While you might not be familiar with the term, you've almost certainly seen LUTs in action. So you may be wondering where you've seen a LUT? Well, I should probably hedge just a bit by admitting that you may not have seen a LUT, but you've probably seen what a LUT can do. If you've watched any motion picture that's been edited digitally, you've undoubtedly seen what a LUT can do. LUTs are used to translate values for colors in a scene to another set of values. One common use is to modify image brightness and contrast, but LUTs are also used to modify colors. LUTs can do electronically what film photographers and motion picture directors had to do with exposure and processing. The Godfather films in the 1970s were intentionally dark. Director Francis Ford Coppola had cinematographer Gordon Willis underexpose even low-key scenes. Or maybe it was Willis who did that without much direction from Coppola. There's some disagreement there. A low-key scene is one that's exposed normally but contains primarily dark colors, and it'll appear dark even with normal exposure. Underexposing film generally lowers contrast and obscures details in the shadows. Willis underexposed scenes that were already low-key. At the time, a common film stock for motion pictures was Kodak's 5254, which has an ASA rating of 100. ASA is essentially the equivalent to today's ISO ratings. Instead of exposing at 100, though, Willis exposed at 250 and then push-processed the film. The result is obvious to anyone who has seen the motion picture. 
Today, that would be accomplished with LUTs, and you can use them too, even if you're not a cinematographer. That's because LUTs aren't limited to applications used to create motion pictures. Alien Skin's Exposure X4 now supports LUTs. Some of these emulate film stock, but there are thousands of LUTs, some free, some not. These are available for download. Once downloaded, they can be added to Exposure X4. Around the first of this month, Alien Skin released version 4.5 of Exposure X4, and perhaps the most significant application is support for LUTs that use the Cube format. The 4.5 update is free to all owners of Exposure X4. Changes made by LUTs can be so subtle that they're barely perceptible, over the top or anywhere in between. On the TechPatter Worldwide website, I'll show an over-the-top example and then show you how to modify it a bit. I started with a photo of a cat. What else? You'll find the LUT tab about halfway down the panel of Exposure X4 tools. Clicking the Browse option after opening the tab displays a selection of LUTs. I selected the Golden Hour LUT and then clicked Apply. LUTs are applied as layers on top of the image, so they're non-destructive. In this case, the image is a camera raw file. The result with the LUT at 100% intensity is far too much. Some of the cat's white fur becomes orange. Well, that just won't do. Obtaining the result I wanted required a couple of changes. The first change is to reduce the overall intensity of the LUT from 100% to around 70%. That still left a little orange cast on some of the white fur, and I didn't really want that. So I added a new layer and created a layer mask. The brush is set to be an eraser, meaning that it applies black to the mask so the underlying effect will be hidden. Then I brushed black or gray over the white fur on the mask, not on the fur itself, and also somewhat on the pillow behind the cat. The result is a more natural-looking image with a warm golden-hour tint. Those who use Exposure as a standalone application will see a faster import process. Photographers can select which images to import using a preview image on the source media. Source and destination choices are now a bit faster, and it is possible to start editing one photo while other images are still being imported. Alien Skin has also added customizable keyboard shortcuts to this version. Those who use Lightroom and want to replicate Adobe's keyboard shortcuts can enable a preset that's included with the update. Exposure X 4.5 runs, as I've said, as a standalone program or as a plug-in for Adobe Photoshop CS6 or later, or Adobe Photoshop CC 2015 or later, as well as for Adobe Lightroom 6 or Adobe Lightroom CC Classic. Owners of Exposure X4 can upgrade to the 4.5 edition for free, and owners of previous versions will pay $80 for the upgrade. The cost for new users is $120. There is a 30-day trial version that can be downloaded from the Alien Skin website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. And where do you find LUTs? Well, your favorite search engine will lead you to a source for free and paid LUTs. Use a search phrase something like, Sources of free LUT cube files. That works pretty well. Worked for me, anyway. It's a good idea to specify both LUT and cube. There are several kinds of LUT files, and those with a cube extension are the ones you'll want for exposure. There are also several types of cube files, not all of which are LUTs. So zero in with a more precise search. Some of the ones I found, Filmora, LUTHouse, and Shutterstock. Check them out. See what you think. 
In short circuits, it is time to bury Microsoft Internet Explorer. Even if you have the latest version of Windows 10, Microsoft Internet Explorer is probably still lurking there. Microsoft no longer really supports it. It does send out security patches. And if you're still using IE, it's time to stop. Really. The default browser for Windows 10 is Microsoft Edge, but Microsoft is scrapping the Edge code and instead building the next browser on Chromium. Google's Chrome is the most used browser, and many other browsers are based on Chrome. Mozilla Firefox is another good choice, and there are others such as Opera, Vivaldi, Maxon, and many more. It's easy enough to install one and make it the default. Any current browser, any current browser, would be better than Internet Explorer because IE doesn't support some modern web technologies, or if it does support them, it supports them badly. Once you have a modern browser in place, it's time to set that browser as the default. To do that, press the Windows key or click the Windows icon on the taskbar and type Default. Select Default Apps from the dialog, then find Web Browser in the list of apps and click the icon. You'll see some choices. Select the one you prefer and then close the dialog box. Now, while you're at it, you might want to get rid of IE permanently. To do that, press the Windows key or click the Windows icon on the taskbar and type Features. Select Turn Windows Features on or off from the menu. Respond to the User Access Control dialog and an old-style Control Panel dialog will open. Clear the checkmark next to Internet Explorer 11, click OK, and reboot the computer. Voila! No more Internet Explorer. Google's latest version of the Android operating system for smartphones is version 9, and its name is Pi. The improvements are substantial, and most are welcome, but only if the manufacturer of your phone has issued an update. Fortunately, by now, most of them have. Pi is the ninth major release, the 16th version of the Android mobile operating system. It was released as a developer preview in March of last year, and generally released in August. Not all manufacturers and service providers pushed the update out immediately, though. And, of course, some modified the operating system. That is one of the most frustrating aspects of Android. Two phones can be running the same version of the operating system, but they may not have the same features. A year after the developer preview was released, some users are still waiting for updates. But it's a small number now. Most users do have the update in place. My favorite enhancement is the new way to take a screenshot. The old way was cumbersome and required the use of both hands. Simultaneously press the power key and the volume down key. Invariably, I would reduce the volume or turn the phone off. Now, a long press of the power button displays options for power off, restart, and screenshot. But there's a lot more to like, too. An adaptive battery function automatically hibernates all apps that you're not actively using. That makes the battery last longer, but may cause some operational problems. So if you don't like it, the function can be disabled via settings and battery. Adaptive brightness has been enhanced substantially and now understands the user's preferred brightness level for specific apps and in varied environments. 
You'll find more app actions. Those are similar to app shortcuts that appear when you press and hold an icon. It is powered by the Google Launcher and offers suggestions for actions that you might want to take. A new app timer allows users who find themselves spending way too much unproductive time with their phones to set a time limit on apps. When you reach the time limit, the phone turns the app's icon gray to suggest to you that you should move along. You determine the duration. Do Not Disturb can disallow visual interruptions in addition to sounds and can stifle frequent pop-ups. A new shush mode turns off all notifications. Just put the phone down on a desk face down to enable shush. The dashboard now displays digital well-being information that shows how much time you've spent using the phone and uses a pie chart to show which applications you used. You'll also see information about how many times you unlocked the phone and how many messages you've received. Selecting text seems to be a lot easier. This is the result of more responsive selection bars. Security is improved by enabling HTTPS for all apps. Users who don't care about security can explicitly allow clear text connections, but that's really not a very good idea. Indoor navigation is now possible because Pi supports the IEEE 802.11mc Wi-Fi protocol, also known as Round Trip Time. This allows GPS-like navigation inside buildings that support the technology. A new lockdown mode disables the use of a fingerprint to unlock the device so that a pin is required. Pressing the up or down volume control shows a new media panel that displays various volume control settings. And there's Wi-Fi media access control randomization. That's a clever privacy and security feature. Each time the device connects to a Wi-Fi network, it presents a new MAC address. Virtually all models that support version 9 of Android have had the update pushed out. If you're not sure, start at the control panel, navigate to System, Advanced, System Update to find out for sure. Net neutrality was eliminated by the Federal Communications Commission about a year ago. This happened despite widespread response so strong that it stalled the FCC's web-based comment system. Last year, the Senate voted narrowly to overturn the FCC's action, but the House failed to respond. Well, this year, on April 10th, the House passed a Save the Internet Act and sent it to the Senate, where it probably would be approved if senators could vote on it. But Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell declared the bill dead on arrival and will not allow it to be brought up for a vote. That probably doesn't matter. If the bill would pass in the Senate, the White House has announced that President Trump would veto it. And it's unlikely that either the House or the Senate would have sufficient votes to override the veto. So not much has changed, but many tech companies, advocacy groups, and nearly half of the states have sued the FCC to challenge the repeal. Oral arguments were heard in February for Mozilla versus the FCC. California, Washington, and Vermont have passed net neutrality laws that would affect only Internet service providers in those states, and the FCC has threatened to sue those states. Currently, providers are supposed to disclose any blocking, throttling, or paid prioritization, and the FCC is supposed to determine whether the activity is anti-competitive. Well, good luck with that. 
For the second time in a month, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp were all unavailable. It happened last Sunday morning, April 14th. The problem affected users worldwide. Facebook and Instagram were both inaccessible. Facebook's corporate website was up. Even so, the Facebook newsroom made no mention of the outage. None at all. The main Facebook.com domain was unavailable for more than two hours, from about 6.30 Eastern Time until about 8.45, when the Facebook app began responding. Less than half an hour later, the website version again became available. WhatsApp and Facebook's chat services were also down for more than two hours. This outage was rectified a lot faster than the one that occurred in March, during which the various Facebook apps were unavailable for many hours and full service wasn't restored for a full day. At the time, Facebook blamed the problems on a server configuration change. This time, Facebook flatly refused to specify the cause of the problem. But for TechBiter Worldwide, let me flatly agree to tell you about spare parts, which is only on the website. This week, artificial intelligence is being used to hire healthcare professionals. Some physicians' offices are being equipped with software that monitors patients in what the developers are calling a holistic manner. And SiriusXM and Pandora are adding podcasts to their existing mix of entertainment programs. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.